this is Nancy Yerald, and welcome to Nancy's Psychic View on the High Road to Humanity. And we have a wonderful lady here today. Angela A. Wicks is here today. And Angela, welcome to the High Road. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited you're here. Now, first of all, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. She's an editor. So Angela Wicks is has acquired body, mind, spirit titles for Llewellyn Worldwide. She is a certified medical Reiki master. She's a certified um, massage therapist. She's an ordained interfaith minister of spiritual healing and intuitive medium in training. She is the author of Llewellyn's Little Book of Unicorns and has contributed her writing to The Edge, Elephant Journal, and Llewellyn's Complete Book of Mindful Living. And now here we are with finding your calm. And I want to say that this is a collaboration. Okay. So I want to give everybody credit before we get into it. So this is 12 of Llewellyn's top authors that have come together to introduce you guys to a dozen new age relaxation techniques that will positively positively impact all areas of your life. And they pulled from scientific and spiritual methods. These are expert authors. This is such a cool book. What I did today, and I want to find out why you put it together and tell us your story, but I just picked out a few um, chapters, but tell us, I mean, 12 methods to release anxiety, relieve stress, restore peace. Who came up with this? Was this your idea? Um, In part, in okay. part. Okay. <laughs> so it was kind of an evolution. Um, the way that it came about was we received um, a proposal from author Shannon Urizari, who is a contributor in this book. Okay. Um, and her topic that she was proposing a book on was ASMR, which is Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, which is a mouthful. Wow. <laughs> <But> if, <laughs> okay. If, if, you, if people aren't familiar, ASMR is, um, a lot of people know it as like audios, like subtle audios or like um you could be watching someone just brushing someone else's hair and it just kind of relaxes you or um it's kind of like people describe it as like a tingling or a static like goosebump sensation in response to um triggering audio or visual stimuli so it's like I think of it as like it's a massage for your brain <laughs> okay and interesting yeah. one one that a lot of like when I first heard about it I was like I don't know this sounds weird I don't know what it is I can't I don't I <laughs> buy with it but what I nailed on it when I was like oh it's watching Bob Ross videos with like him painting and the soothing voice and you're just kind of like hypnotized by it um so anyway her proposal was on this topic and we were like oh this is such a good topic area for like relaxation but we don't know how that would really translate into a full book because it's so experiential and it's so visual and audio um, so we were kind of thinking of like, how could this become maybe like a chapter in another book? Um, and so it just evolved from there into like, well, that method is really great for stress relief. And, you know, if people are looking for anxiety, um, methods for anxiety or stress relief, relaxation, which I definitely always am. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, what, what could that look like? And so we came up with this idea of um, have like pulling from our top authors, what are their core areas of specialty? Yeah. And then what could they be presenting on? And that is, that's how it evolves. So it was in discussion with um, acquisitions editor, Amy Glazer as well. And she helped bring this book into well, being. 
I'm going to tell you, I interview a lot of people and I see a lot of books and you guys send me, you know, authors all the time, but this one, I love it. You know, at the beginning, I'm just going to read a little bit, the very beginning of this, she says, and this is from Angela. She says, do you feel anxious or stressed? Are you struggling with chronic pain or having trouble sleeping? Do you have looping negative thoughts and worries? Perhaps you're constantly in a time crunch. That's me. Or you've recently realized your life seems to be perpetually fueled by adrenaline from an underlying sense of pain, trauma, fried nerves, feeling wired, on edge, unsafe, overwhelmed, exhausted. The list goes on and on, but I'm sure by now you get the point. If any of this seems to be ringing a bell, you've come to the right place. <laughs> I mean, dude, really. And, you know, I'm just going to get into it. And since you, um, I guess, went ahead and did the editing on this book, you know a lot about it. So is it okay if I kind of go into some of the different chapters. Is that cool? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, the first one, and I went with chapter one because tune into your body's wisdom. And I wrote down, um, the body doesn't work in secret code. It works very straightforward in its distress signals. And this is from Emily A. Francis. Do you want right. to expand? <laughs> Yeah. And Emily is the author of The Body Heals Itself. So she's very about like, what is the message that you're getting, your body is sending to you with different symptoms and sensations. Mm -hmm. um, so her, her work really dives into connecting, like reconnecting thoughtfully with the body instead of trying to run from it. Um, and so, yeah, that is, the core topic of her method of tuning into the body and what is it saying and how can you then work with that message in partnership? Well, it's true. And she says, listening to the body is the most important, the most important thing I can offer offer in this chapter. Well, easy for me to say, you know, and I have to be honest. Um, I'm one of these people. I can only speak for myself. I'm really in tune with my body. And I'm constantly running to see if something happens. I go back to Louise Hay, how to heal your body, how to, you know, because you know, it's all emotional. And she says that emotional, she gives an emotional muscle body chart, which I think is really, really cool. I want you guys to know this because this is something I've never really seen before. I don't think I've ever had her on the show. I should have her, but yes, definitely you should. <laughs> yes. But she, you know, it's really cool because, um, she talks about the somatic emotions and somatic means your body. So, and this was really cool. I love this. She has a mantra in here and I'm going to start saying it, but I'm going to share it with the audience. She says, every cell in my body is correcting itself to function at healthy, optimal levels. And that's the I affirmation. That. I do too, yeah. that she says, I just think, you know, we, if there's one thing, and I agree with what she says, listening to the body is the most important thing you can do. And I agree with her wholeheartedly because if you don't listen to your body and you ignore it, that's when we have this ease. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I personally, I tend to swing back and forth between um, listening and partnering with the body and listening and like panicking or running from <laughs> what it's trying to tell me right so, so I love these reminders these kind of reminders yes well yeah it's really interesting I thought it was really good okay and so then to move on you guys chapter two was like I'm like are you kidding me right now it's calming techniques for impasse well I'm an empath 
I don't know if, are you an empath? Oh, absolutely. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. 100%. (laughs) And I'm going to read this. It says an empath, a person highly attuned to the feelings and emotions of those around them is often the eye of the storm for everyone around them. And it's so true. I mean, we, and a lot of people don't know their empaths until they're older. Did you know you were an empath uh, when you were small or did you realize when you're older? I didn't understand it. I was so confused. Right. Right. (laughs) So basically in that confusion and lack of understanding, um, it was anxiety and stress around like, what are the, what's the information and the energy and the feelings that I'm getting from those around me um, that I'm taking on. So yeah, it's a lot of confusion and anxiety. I think when you aren't understanding that this is what's happening, um, some of the information or sensations or feelings, when you start to recognize of like, oh, this isn't actually mine. This is this person. Somebody else's. Yeah, I, I actually don't need to deal with this. I can just let this go and that's okay. Like that becomes incredibly empowering. So I really love um, Christy Robinette's um presentation on calming techniques mm-hmm. that you can do yeah. as an empath. Um, she has a book called Embrace Your Empathy as well, which is fantastic. So yeah, any empowerment that you can get in, ter- in terms of your own empathic attunement, I think is so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't mind, I mean, I'm going to read just a little bit here. Um, if yeah. somebody is wondering if they are an empath, I'm going to get into this a little bit just because I am an empath. There's a lot of empaths on the planet. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to kind of get some of this information out because I think it's super important. Um, she says you are, and again, this is Christy Robinette. She says you're a natural helper, a healer. Um, if complete strangers come up to you and divulge very personal pieces of their life, and that's happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to you, people mm-hmm. often ask for your advice. You're a good listener. You often put others before your own needs, and I do that. Um, you might feel the physical and or emotional symptoms of others around you, and that's what you were just talking mm-hmm. about. Yep. Um, you tend to root for the underdog, and that <laughs> we're absolutely <laughs> true. This is... Uh, this is so true. Nature and animals give you a sense of happiness and joy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's huge. I, I will tell you, you know, there's a lot of days where I just like my cats more than I like anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and the trees, you know, I really, she, she talks about types of empaths too, before we get to the trees. So let me, let me just say this because I don't think people realize Now, she says you may be one type of an empath or you may have all of these qualities, okay? But I'm going to read them quickly. Um, You could be physical. The empath will intuitively sense, feel, or absorb the physical ailments of another person. And that's happened to you. It's happened to me. You take on their ailments. I've even gotten a cold sore because somebody else had one and I manifested it. I just, you know that's crazy, but it's the truth. And didn't, I think that was one of the aha moments for me, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, emotional, this empath will intuitively sense, feel, or absorb the emotional state of another person, um, dreams. And we're going to talk about your chapter on dreams today. And this empaths in tune with knowing and higher awareness, they try to allow their intuition to lead the way. 
Um, and it goes on. There's an earth. The empath is in tune with the surroundings of nature, animals. We talked about the empath is deeply connected with the animals. Um, one thing that really, and she talks how we are just like sponges and we absorb the energy of everyone. And, you know, it's hard to be an empath. I just will say this because, and she does a really nice chapter, you guys, on this, by the way. Um, I feel like there's so, I want to know your opinion. I feel like there's so many of us here on the planet to help raise the vibration. That's what I really think. Yeah, I, um, for me, I think of it in terms of like helping to process. Um, and I, I feel like that would be in alignment with what you're saying of raising vibration, um, of just like processing what's happening or like yeah. calling things out because other people are maybe numb to it and we can't be numb to it <laughs> because we're just wired to feel. <laughs> well, yeah. And she even says that she says empaths have an extra sensory ability for feelings and emotions beyond their own. And it's like, we can't help it. There's nothing we can do. Yep. So, you know, and I do want to bring up, um, she talks about empathic children and I want to bring this up because I didn't know I was an empath. I don't think my parents, well, I know they didn't know or they didn't even recognize it. But an empathic child, she said, can absorb more stress than others in all situations. And if there's no one around to help to balance it, it can feel like overwhelming. And I can speak for that. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely was that sensitive kid who was often, always, constantly overwhelmed by just the world sensations people yeah. experiences moods just yeah yeah it was a, a lot. lot um I'm gonna move on to chapter five Giulio Consiglio I love Giulio he's been on my show many times for all his different books he and I become friends and I was so pleased to see he has a chapter in here on the chakras mm -hmm. yes I love insight around the chakras. It's always yeah. fun to learn more, <laughs> more in that area. Yeah. And it's called the calming effects of chakra work. I think it's good that, that this is in here because we are energetic beings, you know, mm -hmm. and I yep. think we forget that sometimes. Yeah. Um, we do. And he says, when working with the chakras, you're actually in the process of cultivating the mind, body, and soul. Um, and you're working with thoughts and emotions. And again, we're back to the emotions of the body and the chakras and correlating that together. I thought that was really cool. Um, Leigh Patterson. Oh my gosh. I've never had her on the show. It's a lady, correct? Yep. Okay. Now she has astrology and self-care and you guys, I am such a big astrology buff. I just love astrology. You know? <laughs> I don't have time to study it, but I just love it. And what I really loved about this chapter, this is her chapter on astrology is that, um, and I'll just tell you this, she includes all of us. Yes. She does. She does a little bit of synopsis on each sign. And I think that's so cool. You want to expand a little bit or say anything? I, the thing, when we were coming up with the idea for this book, Amy Glazer had brought up, well, I had mentioned Leah in the past and she brought up bringing in the topic of, uh, the topic of astrology. And mm -hmm. I was just like, huh, that's, that is not an area that I would have thought of for, yeah. with the intention for finding your calm, working with anxiety, stress, finding relaxation, like astrology. Hmm. Okay. 
That sounds interesting. I'm listening. (laughs) So it was really fun to see what she came up with here. Well, and she, I read mine. I'm an Aquarius and she, and I'm a fixed air sign and she just hit it right on the head. I was like, wow, this Mm -hmm. is cool. You know, you guys there, this is really full of a lot of fantastic information. I will say (laughs) I'm very excited about this book. I'm going to have to go back. I have more than one show a week, so I'm gonna have to go back and read uh, Julio's because I didn't have a chance to read it, all of it. And, um, as well as some of the astrology stuff. There was something that really caught me. Uh, Cindy Dale writes about the vagus nerve in chapter seven. And I know nothing. Well, I didn't know anything about Mm -hmm. this. Uh, It is one of the 12 cranial nerves, yet it's by far the most important. Yeah. She does a whole, do you, do you want to talk a little bit about this? Sure. Yeah. So my introduction to the vagus nerve had been around the world of digestion because I know that okay. the vagus nerve connects with that it can it can be connected with um, chronic digestive issues, okay. and so working with the vagus nerve um, can help that. Um, but it's like I I believe it's the only main nerve that actually connects from like the upper in your head (laughs) to the lower body in the abdomen area. And so it it has this unique functioning where it is literally connecting like your mind to the physical body and the sensations and the functioning of the different areas in the body. So when you start tapping into working with the vagus nerve, it can impact so many different areas in the body. Well, I just found it fascinating and I'm going to read through it again because she goes through the science and I'll tell you why you guys, and you're going to have to as well, maybe (laughs) because she goes through the scientific aspect of it all. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is. And then she does tell you in layman terms and she gives some exercises. So I just find that fascinating that it's in the book. Also, chapter nine, find calm through EFT and tapping. And I had a girl on my show a couple years back who did the tapping and I did it for a while. Talk to me. What do you think about this? Have you done it? Yes. And it works. It's fascinating. I know. Talk about <laughs> for some For some reason, it is a technique that I often forget about. But I when I remember to do it, it's, it's always very impactful. Um, so EFT is, the, it's the practice of you're tapping on key acupressure points. So like it's, chin the collarbone under the arm and you're you are um stating phrases so um you're repeating um whatever phrase you're coming up with which there's guidance in the material for how you come up with that phrasing um and you're working on these meridian paths activating that energy so it's like uh psycho like it's working with psychology with the mind with mm-hmm. thought with language and it's connecting with that energy in the body and it is kind of amazing like it really um, is (laughs) yeah the last the last instance where I remember being kind of blown away by it I was like stuck in a trauma loop I've been crying for like a couple of hours something just really triggered me and I could not get out of it I couldn't soothe myself I couldn't just like let go of this thing that had happened or like the emotion that was flooding through me. And eventually I was like, okay, I'm going to try tapping. And it 
it, it was the thing that bro finally broke that trauma loop and helped. Yeah, to... now, let's talk about what you say quickly here. I, I know we don't have a ton of time because I want to talk mm -hmm. about your dream chapter, but I had a girl on and it was really important. The words that you said, what you said, how you said it. Right. So right. can you give us a little bit of guidance as far as that? Um, I'm not a specialist in it. So I would actually definitely Go refer back to, to the chapter and yeah. how she's phrasing it. Um, I just, but, yeah. But it's kind of like, even though, like you might say, even though I'm feeling really scared and I have this pain in my body, I, I deeply and completely release it love myself or respect oh, myself okay. or whatever. Okay. And you keep repeating that over and over with, with each point that you're tapping, you just say it over and over again. Um, and before you start, you kind of assess what level am I at on one scale of one to 10. And then you reassess at the end and see if you need to like um, do the keep cycle over again. Yeah. yeah. I always felt like it was releasing like stuck energy in myself. That's just how I felt. And maybe, and as you talked about what was bothering you, it felt like that was releasing for you. It's almost like a release of that energy, getting it out yeah. of the system. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel that, that. Yeah, that feels right to me. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's what I think. Okay, let's talk about your chapter. I love it. So now I, I need to ask this question. Were you like in right away or did they say, we want you to do dreams or how did this come about? Because you do a chapter, find peace through good sleep practices. Yeah. So I initially wrote an out, an, an initial outline um, with key topics that we might consider for the book. Um, and I just offered this idea of good sleep practices. And I was like, if you want, I can write this chapter because... I know a lot about it <laughs> and okay. they were like yeah go for it run um and I know a lot about it because this is an area that I have been very challenged by my entire life well tell and us so your story tell when us you have story. that yeah when you have that lived experience you learn a lot <laughs> okay so um I am someone who I really I experience a lot of insomnia um, I also, my, my sleep pattern, I always naturally swing to like, if I'm on vacation or I don't have to worry about a schedule, um, I naturally swing to going to bed really, really late right? and then waking up late. Um, it's just like what my natural circadian rhythm is. And so I'm constantly trying to reset myself to a healthier version of sleep okay. instead of going to bed at two or three in the morning like trying to get myself to go to bed by around like 10 o'clock because that just right. physically is healthier for me um but can I also do have, it I can but I I'm constantly challenged I always have to try to I it's a swinging pendulum um yeah. I'm also I'm also neurodivergent and that has shown to um, have a lot of additional sleep challenges as well. It poses a lot, a lot more. Oh, what is it? What is it again? Neurodivergent. So neurodivergence is an umbrella. Um, it can, it can encompass things like ADHD, um, autism, dyslexia. There's so many things that fall under the realm of, of neurodivergence, but, okay. um, but yeah, so I have a lot of challenges. I have a lot of chronic health issues as well that pose challenges. Um, I'm an extremely light sleeper. 
I um, have sensory processing issues that make it really hard to get comfortable. There's just a lot of stuff. So, okay. so right. in looking at good sleep practices, I'm looking at it from, from the lens of like, what is the sleep environment? Like, these are the basic things that you, you would usually get, um, of recommendations from, yeah, uh, like a doctor or whatever, like look at your sleep environment, declutter, get comfortable, eliminate the TV. Don't put your phone in bed with you. Make sure there's no light. Like yeah, I'm going to stop you right there. On the phone thing. I want to stop on the phone thing because I want to be honest and say, and I know everybody does this. Everybody plugs their phone in and they put it close by the bed. Right. But what I've learned is personally, and I'm sure you too, I have to turn the ringer off. Yes. Otherwise it's going to go bing, 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 bing. Or even if it's off, the light comes on. Yep. And so Oh, it's become, and I'll just be honest, it's become a real distraction for me mm-hmm. it's to the point where it's like, turn the phone off because, you know, and, and, and there's a, there's a two-sided thing to this. <laughs> I just want to bring it up. You don't want to turn your phone off because you think, what if something happened and someone needed to get in touch? Right. Right. But then on the flip side, they've made it so our, you know, the electronics, you know, have become so important to us as people I mean do you hear this a lot about the phone deal yeah it's actually a challenge in my own household because you know I'm sleeping in a bedroom with my partner and I'm very like I need no light I need zero light I need I need my for for white noise I need zero sound like I'm wearing earplugs um no phone and he has to have his phone there because he's kind of like on call for his position and so he needs it there and so um trying to find a balance can be challenging (laughs) um what I do is I I put my phone on airplane mode okay at night um but recently I found and I would have it in bed with me but I found that you know, immediately when I wake up, I would be on it. Or if I was having trouble falling asleep at night, I would pick up my phone and be on my phone, which is not good because it's, you know, you're getting that blue light, you're stimulating yourself. And that's not what you need when you're having trouble sleeping. So I've once again, moved to not having it in the room with me. And then when I'm having those moments, I know, and instead I'm picking up a book to read, which is much healthier for me. <laughs> right. No. And I, I want to say this as an empath, the light has a lot to do with our sleeping issues. Cause I'm the same way as you. And it's, it like, it's, um, alarming when my phone does that, you know, it's too much. And I'm even going to say my electric toothbrush in the, I put it in the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> I know this sounds so weird, but everybody can probably relate. I plug it in and I get in bed and the phone's over here and no. it's off. And then that tooth, the green light starts going. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And you have I can to- only I can only charge my electric toothbrush during the day. It doesn't go on that stand at night. <laughs> it's just crazy, isn't it? And you don't want to shut the bathroom door because then you'll no. forget and run into it in the middle of the night. No. It's just a whole deal, you guys. I'm just <laughs> You bring up, I love this. I'm so glad you did a chapter on this. You bring up, and I'm going to talk about the animals too. So I have two pets. They're wonderful. I love them. One's a smaller, uh, younger. I have a younger cat and an older cat. 
So the older one's cool, but the younger one wants to run around and tell me when to get up and oh my God. And it's like seven o'clock and I do not want to get out of bed. And this cat is like, you're getting up. I'm hungry. It's light out. I know it's time. They have these internal clocks. I mean, talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we have a challenge with, we have a highly anxious dog Mm -hmm. that she has severe separation anxiety. And so um, she was sleeping in the bed with us. um, And eventually my sister, who was a dog trainer, was like, yeah, let's break that. And it, it was a <laughs> challenge. You, you know, it didn't help with our sleep. So yeah, we did eventually. Now she's, she sleeps on the floor. She, she's still in the room, but um, that has helped all of us significantly. <laughs> it's just like, well, yeah. well, and when Piper was a kitten, he's not quite a year old. He would in the middle of the night and he still does it. He does it every night in the middle of the night. It's got to be three in the morning. And he comes and he wakes up and he gets like up underneath my neck and he's got this cold nose. And it's like, dude, I was in a sound sleep. And that's, they can really disrupt. I mean, I love my pets and I let them do it because I love my pets and I'm going (laughs) to, but you know, it does, it disrupts your whole night of sleep. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes it is like, we just had it the other night where she, she nibbles (laughs) self-soothe and it's like the clacking of her. You can hear it. Is so loud. (laughs) And so uh, we actually did move her outside of the bedroom, which doesn't happen often, but she did great. She did fine. And we slept. And so, yeah, sometimes you do just have to move them. It's too much. (laughs) It's too much. I love it. Well, and I want to bring this up because I saw, um, I'm trying to think of who it was. Um, I'll think of it in a second. You may remember just recently in the news, they had a star and she was talking about separate rooms for people and getting separate beds. Who was it? Um, the blonde, I can't think of her name. I will in a minute, but anyway, long story short. And the, the media gave her a really hard time. Cause she said, I think it's okay to have separate beds to get your good sleep. And everybody said, no that's wrong. When you're in a relationship, you shouldn't do that. And you talk about it in the book. And I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah. What do you talk about this a little bit? Yeah. So it, studies actually show um, that it is not harmful to relationships. Okay. And I would, I would put a clarifier on that, that it's not harmful as long as you are communicating and you're in agreement with your partner about it because if one of you thinks it's super important to still be in a shared bedroom and the other one is like no I really need my space and you do separate there that could create some that could be really hard challenges yeah yeah so it's really important to talk it through communicate your needs and see what will work best for you but yeah I really think that if people need that separate room that it can be really, really helpful. Or just having a backup space where it's like, no. seriously, you are snoring and I've got to move. <laughs> I've got to get out of here. Now that's it. That's it was Cameron Diaz. That's who it was. Cameron Diaz okay. came on and just talked about this. This is what I think. I don't know. That's probably because I'm an, a more of an angelic soul. But I think if you're in a relationship, you should be, you should cuddle. I think it's important to be next to that person. That's just me. You know, 
I have to say my mom and dad are both um, passed, but my dad got really sick and he moved downstairs to another room. And when he did, I was like devastated. I don't know why, like as a child, like, oh, well, you don't want him to be by himself. And it probably, and I know they probably discussed it, you know, right. And, and it went, but it's just a hard thing to see. And you see that a lot with older couples, don't you? Yeah. Well, I think it's, um, it's something that, again, I would say is definitely important to be communicating with other people in the house. Like you're saying, it could be important to communicate to them as well. Like this is, you know, we're still okay. This is what's happening. It doesn't mean a separation, but we just, you know, we all need really good sleep. It's very important to our health. Um, and then, like a lot of um, studies, articles talk about like making sure that when you do that to make the time in other instances where you're getting that intimacy or physical mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. So it has to be really have... intentional. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was, uh, I was like, well, it really floored me. You know, it was like, but daddy's not in, in the bed. He's downstairs. Why are we putting him separated? You know, and you get yeah. that kind of, you know, I don't know. I, yeah. Like a sense of their fathers. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing you talk about in here that I want to, that's really nice. You talk about stretch to encourage sleep and you give all these different exercises. Uh, I thought that was really interesting that you included all of this. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Probably yeah. Before? So when I was looking at the practices for good sleep, one of the key ones can be like, what is this, the energy that I'm holding in my body? Like a lot of times if I'm having trouble sleeping, it might be that I need to release that energy and physical movement is a way to do that. So I partnered with Shannon Urizari, um, who is a yoga instructor and she's a contributor in this book as well. And we came up with a couple of yoga sequences. So one is um, based on movement So you're in that flow and getting this stretching and movement. And then the other one is really focused on restorative. So it's, it's kind of more like you're sitting in the stretch and it's calming. It's really soothing type of practice. Okay. So it can be a really good way to lead in to your good sleep. And then I follow that up with a couple of other practices. One is on connecting with spirit and the higher self. So one you could do this as a progression or just pull from any of these practices, but um, you could move from that physical movement where your body is now relaxed, tuning in with that intuition or winding down to get connected with spirit and getting any messaging that you might have. So glad you said that. Yeah. So you can kind of get like any thoughts that you have out on the page, but then also tapping into that larger energy and getting that insight. Um, yeah, to, to set you up for good sleep. <laughs> yes, and blessings to you for doing that because we all need to learn to connect. And um, I just want to say, I, I teach the audience, you know, please connect with the divine, connect with the earth, you know, bring the light up, bring the light down and get those messages. And it is calming. And it yeah. does make you more healthy and vibrant. And, um, you know, I'm going to be teaching this stuff. I'll plug myself real quick before we get out of here today. I'm going to be you guys at the Conscious Life Expo 2024 on um, 
gosh, it's going to be February the 10th and I'm going to be teaching spiritual law and angel communication. And then you can find me in LA. So everybody come and see me. And then I will be in Florida, just so you know, it's the 35th year of the New Life Expo 2024. And I'll be there March 16th and 17th. Again, talking about the angels, connecting exactly what we talked about, connecting with the divine, with God and with the angelic realm. Hey, you guys, we got to get out of here for today. The book is called called Finding Your Calm. It's edited by Angela A. Wicks. Angela, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yes, you're very welcome. <laughs> okay. And it's 12 methods to release anxiety, relieve stress, and restore peace. If you're watching me on YouTube, I'm holding the book, the book up. You got to pick it up. There's so much good information in here, you guys. And um, definitely pick up my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. And I just, you guys, my new book will be out. Well, it'll probably take about a year, but I just signed yesterday. So it will be out. Yes, an angel's connection to God. And that will be coming out very soon. So I'm working on that. So everyone, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I hope everyone has a fabulous week and God bless.